I'm Melina Morrison, CEO of the Business Council of Cooperatives and Mutuals. Welcome to Meet the Co-op Leaders, the podcast series that features insightful conversations with the people leading our most innovative and inspiring co-op and mutual businesses. Co-ops and mutuals are the businesses owned by members rather than shareholders. They're all around us and they include some of our biggest brand names. In fact, 80% of us are a member of at least one cooperative or mutual, but most of us don't even know that. In an age of putting purpose before profits, it's more important than ever to learn about the original people-centered business model. So we're bringing the leaders to you to tell you in their own words what makes this a better way to do business. My co-pilot in this new series is cooperative developer, Anthony McMullen. Anthony's founder of Cooperative Bonds, a worker-owned business that was set up to help other people learn to form cooperatives. Over the next series, Anthony and I will be bringing you a new conversation with a co-op leader every couple of weeks to lift the lid on this incredible business model. Hi, Anthony. I'm looking forward to hearing from another one of our co-op leaders in today's episode. So who do you have lined up for us? I'll be talking to Lynn McLennan, um, who was the CEO of UFS, that's the United Friendly Society uh, Dispensaries, for, for many years. Uh, she's one of those people that's um, shown a great commitment to the co-op and mutual movement. Wonderful. Lynn has recently retired and she was the 2022 inductee to the BCCM honour roll for her service to the cooperative and mutual sector. So what did you talk about? Look, we talked about growth, a real focus on not only being a viable business, but that community impact. And I know a lot of people in, in that community that have really talked very highly about what they did when COVID came along, UFS just jumped in there and they really made a difference. They just stepped up to the challenge and looked after their members in the broader community. Great. I can't wait to hear more. Lynn, if I can start with asking you a little bit of a question so we can get to know you um, a little bit more. So before you were at uh, UFS, um, you've had a really interesting career, but one of the interesting ways is that you were a senior advisor to the John Kane government in 1980s Victoria. So um, you would have been very much in the political sphere. I'm just wondering to kick off, what did you learn then that um, you could sort of apply later to your professional life? That must have been a very formative time for you. Well, it is more than 30 years ago, so <laughs> I did do a few other things in between yep. that job and uh, coming to UFS 21 years ago. And um, I guess the thing I learnt, and it's just, I, it's in, inevitable that, you know, I only wish now that back then I knew what I know now. But of course, when you're in your 20s, um, you're, you're full of um, verve and enthusiasm and you're not really aware of how much you don't know mm. um, so and I certainly see that playing out now with my adult children interesting thing I did find because um, premier and cabinet in the mid 1980s 
when John Cain was the Premier, um, was a very well-oiled machine. But back then, the whole um, there was a lot less politicisation. So over the intervening 30 years, we've seen um, you know ministers and premiers grow huge kind of shadow departments almost of advisors. Mm. So that there's there's they're like mini bureaucracies of themselves. But back then, it was so much more reliance on advice from public servants. So getting the right information and the data is that something that has informed you professionally at UFS? Yes, it has. And I find that if I find a decision difficult to make as a, as a senior executive, mm. um, it's often because I don't have the right data and we haven't asked the right questions. And yeah. just going back again to our members, it's really, um, and, a, and a thing at UFS, a board member said this to me when I first started there 21 years ago, was every decision, every strategic and big decision they make at board level, they test through the lens of their members. So how does this benefit our members? So when we're looking at business development, which we have done a lot of, um, or a change to how we do business, we have to test that and always, always, always put yourself in the member's head or, or the customer's head. Just go, mm -hmm. how's the customer perceive this? And it's inevitable as organisations grow and become larger that they can lose that customer centricity. I mean, there'll be all this blah, blah, blah about customer service, but it's actually inside people have to think like that and test every decision they make and, and really have it in the culture. Yeah, that, that culture piece is really important. It's, um, it's what happens when no one's looking, you know, like well, how are, are actually people really operating, you know, apart from the procedure manual. So culture is so important. And, and speaking of culture, I mean, UFS has got a long history and um, I'm sure that that informs culture, but so maybe talk a little bit about that history and how how we can honour um, organisational history without it actually weighing you down moving into the future. There's there's a for a lot of co-ops and mutuals, they've very long history, and I know UFS has got an extraordinarily long history. So it'd be fascinating to hear a little bit more about that. I think I'm a bit of a a, a cooperative and mutual history nerd, not quite as nerdy as you or Tim Maserol. Um <laughs> But um, it's really important for me to honour the history. So UFS started in 1880, the company was formed, opened the first pharmacy in 1881. And I, I was fond of saying when I started 20 odd years ago that some of the personnel practices dated from that time, because yeah. <laughs> they're probably, it's a place where people stay a long time and I've accidentally stayed 21 years. So, oops, um, because it's such a great place to work and the ethos and the, and the driving force and the purpose of the company is so energising, I think, for the majority of employees. So it's really important, I think, to honour the history and particularly the values. It's important to consider the values and our values really haven't changed. They've been described sort of a little differently over time, but it's we only exist to benefit our members and to improve the health of, of our members and the communities in which we operate. Mm -hmm. So um and and in doing that we respond to changing needs in order to, to to fulfill those needs so it is really important to consider the values that originally drove you and you how, how that plays out in your contemporary community may be different but i think it's really really important to not let that history weigh you down or let it create inertia mm. um, it's really important to to look to the future all the time and and right out to the future um, you know, right out 5, 10, 20 years to the future, and particularly in health, 
you know, there's huge opportunities and huge technological advances happening now. Um, so much will change massively. Um, and I, you know, certainly at UFS, we're trying to make sure we're positioned. So we're actually right on that early wave. We're not a big enough organisation. Our total turnover is sort of 85 mil, something mm. like that. We're not going to be doing that cutting edge research and work, but we want to be early adopters and really um, be brave enough to try out a few things. Maybe just a little bit more detail about UFS and 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 how how you're currently operating. So just to give a little bit of that context to people, but maybe a couple of examples of how how you're doing practically doing some things a little bit differently. Okay. Um, yeah. So UFS now operates 21 pharmacies across yep. Western Victoria and and in Inner Melbourne in Coburg. Mm -hmm. And we also have, we've run medical centres for the last 12 years, which was, uh, I jokingly say, it's a, it's a reinstatement of the old UFS Medical Institute, which operated from 1919 to 1938. Wow. Um, so um, we've also run a number of connected businesses and we have a number of government contracts related to those businesses. So we have a thriving work health practice. We have a little wellbeing centre stroke day spa called Peace and Quiet because everybody needs some. And we're running super care nursing contracts across the state on behalf of the Victorian government. We run a nursing service in 16 24-hour pharmacies. And we also operate a 24-hour pharmacy in Ballarat, which is a government contract. We've done a lot during the pandemic. We've really stepped up, particularly in the Ballarat region and worked collaboratively with the other public health providers, um, still running a COVID testing and vaccine clinic um, on a contract with the Commonwealth Government, which has been an extremely important part of our, our local response to COVID. And we're running through our pharmacies and medical centres right across the board, um, vaccination services for COVID and doing our best to be out doing the public advocacy on, on COVID best practice mm -hmm. and, and some other health related issues. Something that I've just picked up in terms of something interesting, like not, I'm wondering how many co-ops and mutuals would be front facing, like running a pharmacy, customer members are coming in, but also you've got some significant um, government contracts there. And, and um, that's that's a little bit unusual. So I think that's, that's very interesting. And I think that's also, maybe that's uh, something for our sector to, to kind of think yeah. about a little bit. So I think my view, and I, I come from the friendly society pharmacy perspective, but obviously, yeah. You know, I'm a member of other, you know, mutual health fund, motoring organisation, all those other things. Yeah. Um, if mutuals are in a state of being high functioning, there are huge opportunities at the moment. Um, you know, there are hazards for mutuals, just having having a, a glorious purpose and being a, a lovely, feel good, for purpose organisation is not enough. You can still find boards and, and organisations get subject to hubris and just become so thoroughly delighted with themselves they don't actually pay attention to what's happening in the environment um, and can become um, self-serving I guess so um, there are risks to being a mutual which should not be underestimated but I think that the future for mutuals is really now is our moment like I just feel so strongly that now is our moment just in terms of banking you know it's been the banking royal commission no one was up fronting those fearsome QCs during the Banking Royal Commission, um, which is not to say the sector is perfect, but none of those 
corporate institutionalized sanctioned scandalous and, and unethical behaviors not to mm -hmm. speak of the corruption um so there's a a great opportunity to gain the trust of people who are disenchanted before that you know uh knowledge and awareness in the general public sort of dissipates mm. the same with health um huge opportunities in health for cooperatives and mutuals um i think at the moment and particularly in aged care so there's a great opportunity there for mutuals who are considering looking at healthcare to actually show what a purpose-driven organization can look like and how that can play out um, yeah. in, in aged care yeah it, it feels like there is that moment but there's also a moment for for different parts of the cooperative and mutual landscape to maybe even partner and and um be able to offer things together in, in this environment as well. I would agree with that. And I think um, some of the work that the BCCM has done in recent years has actually been along those lines. And I went to the presentation a few years ago on the Supply Nation. Um, yeah. But there are other forms of cooperation. Certainly at U of S, we've had a philosophy for many years. We've, we've formally put in a policy maybe seven or eight years ago that we would our preference is to, we have, we are actually want to partner with organisations whose values align with ours. For us, the values alignment is really important with our partners. So it's mm. not necessarily, we have a absolute preference for cooperatives and mutuals, but the values alignment. And very often that means it's a cooperative in, or a mutual um, business or a, a, you know, a B Corp certified private business or mm. a, you know, something that's classified technically as a, as a social enterprise, which I think is 50% or more of profits or return. So they'll yeah, be, that's a, right. they're a private business, but they can still be called a social enterprise. Yeah. But yeah. I like to say that we are the original social enterprise as a friendly society group. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love friendly society as well. Like, uh, oh, it's, friendly. <laughs> it's so good and new staff come and we've had a few new staff come in lately because we, we're dealing with, you know, the great supposedly post COVID, except it's still in it, the, the turnover of people um and people come in and after about a week i say how are you going and they go oh everyone is so friendly and i said yeah we're a friendly society thank you very much lynn thanks anthony i can understand why ufs thrived with lynn at the helm she's found the balance between honoring the history you know the values of the organization while thinking very strategically about their growth that's so true. They've stuck to their purpose. Um, they've stuck to their member focus, but they've also responded to new opportunities without, you know, losing the core of what they do. And, and that, that's a real challenge. And uh, so that's why it was such an inspiring conversation, I think. Thanks, Anthony, for another great episode. Who have we got on the podcast next time? Well, it'll all be about cooperative housing. We'll have Heidi Lee, who is the chair of Common Equity Housing Limited. Great. See you then. Thanks for listening to this episode of Meet the Co-op Leaders. To learn more about the purpose and incredible variety of cooperatives and mutuals, please visit our website, bccm.coop, that's C-O-O-P. As the original social business, cooperatives and mutuals offer genuine solutions to some of the most significant challenges in the world today. So if you've enjoyed today's conversation, please share it with your friends and colleagues so that they can learn more about the cooperative difference. And remember, in a world of crisis and uncertainty, we will always be stronger together. 
I'm Melina Morrison, and I look forward to seeing you next time on Meet the Co-op Leaders.